0: You know, I always talk about this notion of intentionality. So, you know, if I haven't reached out and be like, "Yo, man," because we we get busy, and life happens. Um, and if we aren't being intentional about making that space for each other, like we have to be intentional about creating the spaces and the opportunities to connect with each other, to express what we're doing right now, um, to build each other up.
1: what's going on everybody i'm glad that you're back i'm very excited for this next brother that we have coming up next you'll hear two brothers give each other flowers speak truth to power and why that is so important for black men in various spaces and also how important it is for us brothers to be intentional about building safe spaces for us to connect enjoy welcome 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 back everybody i want to thank everyone for bring coming back with us and i'm very happy for those that are joining us for the first time my name is octavius blount i'm also known as the urban thinker and we have another dope brother with us today we have a father husband and health and equity advocate brother if you can introduce yourself please do hey
0: thanks good brother uh my name is Dwayne wharton Yeah. The who you are question. I don't know. Like, like, you know, this we're, we're made up of lots of different things. Um, but you know, you and I have connected through our work around supporting black men and youth in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's probably what I'm most proud of the whole health and equity advocate is, you know, really looking at the conditions in which, you know, our communities have been placed under and what can Mm -hmm. we do like proactively to make sure that we're made whole. Um, so you know, I'm coming from a career in the nonprofit space. Uh, worked for some amazing organizations over the years uh, in Philly, and also in national reach. Um, you know, did a, a, a stint in the Peace Corps as well, um, and you know, have been back in Philly, really just trying to you know make a difference with what I have and you know where I am. Um, mm-hmm. I think in our connection, I was working for an organization, the Food Trust. Around healthy food access, Um, you know, everything from improving uh, retail offerings in corner stores to farmers markets and big policy work around supermarket access and getting public dollars to support it in our neighborhoods. Moved into, you know, the larger support around black male health with like a a number of issues, as you know, with the Mayor's Commission on African American Males. Um, mm-hmm. Everything from you know our education system to our economic health, and you know health is determined by lots of different things. Um, mm-hmm. You know I've moved into my independent space as you know the founder and principal of Just Strategy. So you know we're a mission-driven consulting firm that works mostly with nonprofits, local mm-hmm. and national, as well as foundations, and really trying to help them, you know, think about how racial equity specifically has played out historically mm-hmm. and, you know, how they have an obligation and where the opportunities are to, again, do right by us. So, you know, that's, that's a bit of a summary. So
1: that's a good summary. Cause I know um, when we connected, um, I was excited to meet you first. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I did look, I've, I've looked you up on several occasions um, before I met you mm-hmm. um, and the resume was ph- ph- uh, phenomenal. Because appreciate it, bro. When I look at a black man that is doing work and in this space that I would love to be in, mm-hmm. and it's four black men, mm-hmm. I cannot reach out to you and talk to you. I think I think that was that was one goal of mine is to actually like sit down and meet with you, and I think we just hit it off. Um, so yeah, I want to say thank you for the summary, but I do have one question for you. Yeah. Um, what's one thing you love about being a black man? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, like, uh, there's this meme going around, like, you know, I
0: love being black, that, that, that yeah. shit is dangerous, but it's cool, right? And I think, you know, not not getting too corny, but this whole notion of, like, the beautiful struggle that, you know, yeah, that Brother Coates, you know, has titled his book. And it is, man, like, our collective experiences have strengthened us in a way in which we show mm-hmm. up in the world where, yeah. where we're unparalleled. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. you the the strength, the courage, the honor in which we hold ourselves is unparalleled. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the cool yeah. b- factor is a thing, like, you know, the emulation that, you know, folks admire us, like they hate us and they admire us at the same time. Right. Yep. And being a black man, for me, you know it's so funny because lots of other people don't have this kind of obligation of like representing their race. And I think Mm -hmm. it's healthy for us to kind of shed that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that being said though, yeah, I I recognize, you know, how I show up in the world, how people perceive me. Um, And it can be a burden, but I love that, yo. And, and, you know, it's, it's just special. It's really special to be a black man.
1: I'm glad that you said they honor us but then they hate us because it, yeah. it lets me think um one, we, we have a lot of power that we may not be able to tap into all the time. For sure. Um but then it also has me think I'm I'm a I'm a Marvel fan, DC fan, and when I think of what you just said, I think of Superman. Mm-hmm. I also can say Black Panther, but mm-hmm. they admired Superman, but they also didn't like what he was doing. It's the same thing with Spider Man. <laughs> he was yeah. doing a lot of good for the community, but PPD police officers did not like him and I think that's one thing that that we do is that they admire what we bring to the table, but they also they don't like us when it comes to how we move and how much power
0: we have. Yeah, for sure. And that's been historical. Right. Yeah. Um, the for me. I love the time in which we're in. I think it's probably been throughout throughout history, but the way that we as black men, like get to mm-hmm. honor and connect. And that's why I appreciate you having me on the show. I appreciate what yeah. you do. And, you know, you talked about how you looked me up, but you know, again, when I got to meet you and as a younger brother, just the way that you show sure. up and the way that you have like paused the busy work that we've all been trying to do and made space for us to be vulnerable, to acknowledge that, you know, we have each other, um, yeah. you know, it's really special, you know what I'm saying? And you don't just do this in this podcast. It's just how you show up and you know, you. I greatly appreciate it. And, and, and it's something that's needed, you know? So
1: thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And I think that's, um, that's how I love to show up in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, creating a space for black men to be vulnerable, honest, and also keep each other accountable. I think yeah, that's I'll one doubt. thing that um, that I love to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I do want to dig a little bit deeper because uh, I know the questions that I have for you and that the audience will be listening to at some point, Yeah, um, they're going to love it. Because, mm-hmm. one, I love you. And I know the questions that you're going to give are going to be very poignant on black men and then how we can move forward and also grow together. I hope so. Um, <laughs> but I do, <laughs> do want to like... Dig a little bit deeper within you. Yeah. Um, so, at what moment did you discover your blackness? Because I know you said you love being a black man. Yeah. But when you discovered that blackness and that you were different, mm. when did you discover that moment?
0: So, you know,
1: I was born
0: and raised in Philly in the Germantown section. And, you know, mm-hmm. for us, as, you know, everything is like block to block. You know, we were Mm -hmm. a bunch, you know, a bunch of young black boys who found each other and they ended up kind of being your play pals, but then they become your brothers for life. And I think, you know, being black was just normal. And I didn't think outside of, you know, what was happening of my community. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when I was probably, you know, seven or eight, I have a younger brother who's hearing impaired. And okay. we went to um, a camp at Gallaudet University in the Washington DC area where we were uh, there for like language immersion as we were learning, you know, American Sign Language and just being mm-hmm. with other families who were experiencing kids who were, who were deaf. And, you know, I think we were one of the few black families there. And, you know, I remember this little white girl like started rubbing my hair. She's like fuzzy wuzzy hair. I was like, what Mm. the hell? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And of course you recognize race Mm. and our skin color was different. But the fact that like this kid making a big deal about it and I don't think she was doing it out of malice, you know, for her, I don't think she had exposure either. But I, I definitely like recognized at that moment, like, okay, I'm standing out for, for this per se. Um, but I don't think at that time I had any judgment tied to it. Um, it's funny, like, as I got older, um, and thinking about like the formative years, um, in school and being back in the community, you know, you, you started to hear from other black people that, you know, you were talking white and that, you know, obviously, you know, you were different. You know, I remember it's funny because, you know, I was for the most part, I've never been like a thug dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I grew up with mm-hmm. with, with the homies who would do yeah, what they did. You know, right, correct. And <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't feel like I was out of out of out of place, but that just was not my thing. But I just remember cat mm-hmm. was like, I was just happy, right? He's like, yo, man, you acting gay. And I was just like I was like, I am happy. Because, you know, that's yeah. the definition of gay. And you know, they're like, what the hell are you talking about, right? So yeah. as a Black man, I feel like there were some normative behaviors that were expected, and I didn't prescribe to that. And I never felt out of place and ostracized, but I recognized that, you know, we come in lots of different shapes and forms. And, yeah. you know, I'm fortunate in that I was able to grow up in my own skin and develop into who I want to be um, in ways that I think a lot, a lot of us as black men don't have the opportunity to. Yeah.
1: Well, one, I appreciate you for telling that story. Yeah. Um, I've never had an experience like that. So that's why I said, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to like rubbing my head or anything, like, I've never had that experience. Um, I think my experience was more verbal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially in high school um where'd you go when you i went to roman catholic okay um and when you have people from different areas of the city Mm -hmm. you had a lot of people that did not know how to speak to certain people how to express themselves around certain people um and i was a child that was (laughs) i am the epitome of i am my mother's child yeah and and i think yeah and i think that I was always told, express yourself, respect people. Um, but at the end of the day, don't give someone the ammunition to make you seem less than who you are. And mm-hmm. I think I ran with that. Um, and I've said this to all the other Black men that I knew, because I'm not going to hand you something to make me look different than who I am. And I think at Roman, I was more of a individual that I had to like combat individuals that look different than me, not educate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to say, well, yeah, no, that's not how you talk to me. And I'm not here to explain it to you or educate yeah. you on it. <laughs> and this was me yeah. as a freshman. Um, and I think the experience that you had with your friends in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. I've had those experiences where mm-hmm. I can code switch. <laughs> right, right. I can be around my friends, talk a certain way, but when I get in meetings or in front of other people, I can talk. Right. But I was like, I, don't, I shouldn't have to do that. I should be able to talk the way I need to in any space right right. and when i had those changes you had a lot of people saying why are you talking like that why are you doing this and why are you right. doing that right right. i was just like look i'm being me like you said yeah. i'm right. being myself um but i've always learned that even with my uncle who is a very expressive man a very expressive black man and i think you see me express myself with tears mm-hmm. words <laughs> um emails <laughs> uh, i think those are things that um That are key for black men but when we grow up i think when we're younger we're allowed to cry we're allowed to be upset we're allowed to be angry Mm -hmm. and i think as we get older we lose touch on that and i think that's one thing that um that i want to learn more about you is Mm -hmm. how did you as a black man going through this space of i am happy Mm -hmm. how did you explore your feelings as a black man when it came to i am old enough to express myself (laughs) <laughs> My parents taught me how to express myself. Mm-hmm. When did it get to a point where you just said, you know what, this is how I feel yeah. and I'm okay with it?
0: It's funny you say that, yo, because, you know, this is maybe a combination of the previous question and, and this one, mm-hmm. um, yep. because I went to Catholic school, K-8, mm-hmm. and we were yeah. pretty much with the same group of like 20, 25 kids mm-hmm. that entire time. All black, all grew up in Germantown, and okay. I was sent to Cardinal Dougherty High School in ninth grade and when Mm. i got there is when i think i recognized that for me like race was being imposed upon me in in harmful ways so everything from like the way that they were like disciplining students to like being excluded from like the the history context to even just talking about like european um indoctrination of christianity mm-hmm. on african people yeah. we couldn't have those conversations in ninth grade and i was mm-hmm. thinking about that stuff right and yeah. you know as a result i was like I-, I have a question and it's like yeah it's like yeah i'm questioning like all of this and they're like get out mm-hmm. you know or like you'd be like you know a-, a white boy would like try to like stun on you and you got to check mm-hmm. So, like, I had this crazy reputation early on as being a troublemaker because I got into a fight or two. Yeah. Um, I was always suspended. I lasted Mm -hmm. three months at Cardinal Dockery, yo. And I'm naming, Mm. like, racism as that and, you know, institutional racism that it was just like maybe that wasn't their intent, but the way that they Mm -hmm. structured that institution was designed Mm -hmm. to trip somebody like me up you know what i'm saying and i ended up kind of on this journey where i ended up at four different high schools my 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 career and again every single one was different and i think that has helped even actually like prepare me to like show up in different spaces you know as a black man and still be my whole self and now i've built this career out of being able to speak truth to power Mm. in ways that, you know, for some, they don't want to hear it and they close the door, but for many others, you know, they're receptive to it and those doors continue to open.
1: Yeah. Okay. I feel like for me, um, the way I express myself, I mean, you, you've seen me do it on several occasions, but um, as a black man, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not hard for me to express myself to other black men. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's hard to express myself to others um, that may not know my background, that may not know me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I have to educate them on me. Mm-hmm. And they probably also have assumptions and preconceived notions of, okay, this is a black man. Where is he coming from? Yeah. Who is he? What does he know? And also, who does he know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a hard thing um, to always try to have in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you just said "speak truth to power," I think that was one thing that um, that I observed about you. I observed that you you always came into a room and said, "You know what? I know y'all are thinking about this, but we also have to think about X, Y, and Z, and also A, B, and C." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that I've I've grabbed from you, um, because we can't just think one one track minded when we're focusing on black men and boys and how to move them forward um and for you I think one thing that I've noticed about you is the way you express yourself um you're very strategic and I love that <laughs> I do um and I always wondered like in this world um as a black man navigating this space is hard <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna just be completely honest um and I think for you I don't know how you did it Um, with so much grace, but how did you navigate this world as a black man gracefully, but also with so much strength? Yeah. I appreciate that, bro. And,
0: you know, in terms of like being able to express myself and I mentioned like the four high school thing, Mm -hmm. there's always a level of calculation. I think this is maybe unfortunate, like, You know, for me, because, Mm -hmm. you know, being kicked out of the school and showing up in new spaces, I had to observe what was happening in all of those spaces and where was my lane and, Mm -hmm. you know, how can I, you know, try to be true to myself, but also, like, you know, have some, like, success in that space. And success meaning, like, not getting my ass kicked Mm -hmm. by, you know, cats, because I was a new showing up who wasn't from the neighborhood. Um, yeah. And also, like, how I can, like, advocate for the things I care about, et cetera, um, in ways that were going to continue to allow me to, like, you know, have a livelihood in life. So it's, it's funny you say that, because, you know, my wife and, and and some friends would say, like, you know, I am probably like the most open, closed book that you'll ever meet because people feel like they know me and they connect, but you only get so much. And, you know, that that is real. And I recognize that. And I don't even know if it's conscious, but, Mm -hmm. you know, and and talking about code switching, just depending on that environment, I'm the same person but how I'm showing up is gonna be different. So if it's at a foundation board, Mm -hmm. being able to have that conversation. And then with my homies, it's a different conversation. Quick side note, I was actually on the board of this institution and I saw the president, you know, the executive director of that institution walking down the street and I was with the homies. I said, hello. She put her head down. She got the fast walk on. Didn't even Mm -hmm. recognize that I am her damn board member because I was just, you know, not in a suit and showing up as myself. Right. So like that, Mm -hmm. that, that was a lesson (laughs) about how they see us and they don't see us, et cetera. Um, But it gets complicated, man. And, you know, I'm also a Gemini, which is funny. Like Gemini is a fake, like, and I'm also a middle child. So, like, yeah. all that stuff, I think, is real. Like, I yeah. can show up in different ways, and that's okay. You know, this yeah. so funny because uh, this summer, I'm a member of Cap Office Fraternity, and, mm-hmm. you know, two dozen of us just hit Europe this summer and, really? you know, tore it up, had a, had a good time, and okay. that was that. But, you know, this spring, I was with the homies from the neighborhood, and these are, like, three mm-hmm. white men who were, like, middle-wage Jewish dudes you know, and we're hanging out in Austin, and I also had a great time. Both of those things are still me. I'm not yeah. fake in either one of those places. I just have various interests, uh, recognize that, you know, I'm not going to go to a hip-hop show with the three balls I was in Austin with, because that's just not what we do. You know, yeah. but I can also go to this other show where cats are rocking out, and I'm going to have a good time as well. And lots mm-hmm. of cats can't switch hats like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. You know, took a kayaking trip with those dudes. You know what I'm saying? And like, yo, brothers, he wants to kayak? You know what I'm saying? Trying to get cats to go camping with me on my 40th. You're like, yeah. you know, the homie's are like, get the <laughs> hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's varying interest. You show up differently depending on what the circumstances and who you're dealing with, but you can still yeah. be authentic in all those times and spaces.
1: Okay. So I do want to ask you because... I call the black men that I learned from the first black men that I've learned from, uh, my black man, Rushmore. That's my, mm-hmm. all my uncles. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and I would say that I have smaller ones around the main one. And I believe that you are on one of them, okay. um, with other brothers that I've learned from, um, taking advice from, um, that I will call brothers in this space of just black male achievement. <laughs> um, but I do want to ask you, Because I know I've said on several occasions, um, for you, navigating this world, like I said so graciously, who did you learn from? Because (laughs) there are a lot of black men in this world that we can pinpoint, but they may be 40 years older than us or even have someone that are younger than us that we learn from. So who did you learn from to navigate this world again so graciously and with so much strength?
0: Yeah. That's, that's a great question. It gets tricky for me because, you know, my mom like remarried mm-hmm. like four times, right? And, mm-hmm. and included my biological father who really just wasn't present and had like a whole yeah. host of like complicated things in his life, right? So that relationship mm-hmm. was strange, um, yeah. you know, and, you know, I have some uncles as well, two of them, and again, you know, love them, you know, but it, it was hard because, you know, their, their lives and their experiences just gave them a whole other, like, you know, set of things that were very complicated. Um, yeah. And I definitely had them as influences, but that was to, like, the be tough. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, like, and I will say this, right? Like, you know, I wasn't a thug dude, but you weren't going to pump me like nobody yeah. was, right? You was I was not going to be exploited. You weren't going to take anything from me, right? And mm-hmm. you stand strong when you need to. And I've carried that with me as well as all yeah. the homies I grew up with. The old heads on the block, again, it wasn't like many cats who were like, you know, thinking about like being an intellectual or sitting down and reading, it just wasn't that. You know, cats were mm-hmm. hanging on the corners, you know, cats were hustling, cats were drinking, um, you know, cats were stealing cars. It was like a sport around the way. And yeah. I, I appreciated all the excitement around it, but that just mm-hmm. wasn't me either. Um, yeah, I think early on, I had a seventh grade teacher. Uh, Mr. Joseph Williams, and mm-hmm. this is a cat from Germantown, uh, ended up playing in the NFL. So he was like a huge okay. cat who was mad cool. Yeah. And he would tell all of us young black men, like, first, you're a gentleman and a scholar. And, you know, just having that instilled in us every single day really mm-hmm. was impactful. He taught us how to play chess. He was like able to, like, you know, get all that knucklehead energy focused in a way where we weren't like, you know, like running rampant over like the women, the young girls in the class, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he yeah. was exactly what we needed at that time. I'm gonna say, you know, there was Father Flood, who was a white man at the, you know, Catholic school that I attended in the church. And I was an awful mm-hmm. boy, right? And, um, you know, I ended up, you know, going into the CYO, the okay. Catholic Youth Organization. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, Nikki Harmon, shout out to her, but became like her vice president. And then she went off to college, and I became the president. And, you know, we did stuff for the community, and it was like a lot of like, okay. you know, basketball and like, you know, stuff for Halloween and all, but it really gave us a safe space. So I didn't have to be on the okay. the whole time, and it was a different outlet. Um, Mr. Okay. Gay did Vacation Bible School, and, mm-hmm. you know, we would go and like, you know, get our snacks and hang out with him and, you know, his wife and all. And and that was every single summer growing up. So there are lots of folks. But I'm gonna name Will Crawford, um, uh, mm. and Gene Lyder. These are two okay. men in higher ed. Um Will Crawford was uh the father of my good friend Sana and Near.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, they were cute girls who lived in the neighborhood and I'd be riding on my bike over there and, you know, over the years, I got to know him as he was, like, drinking his buzz, smoking his cigarettes, watching the Eagles, right? And just a mm-hmm. back to me. And then it became that time to think about college. And, you know, he was like, what are you trying to do? What do you want to go, et cetera? And then he's like, let me introduce you to my buddy because he worked in admissions at Kutztown University. Let okay. me introduce you to this brother who, you know, is in admissions at Westchester University. So I did a mm. summer, like, week up there. And I was like, yo, you know, if this is college, I'm trying to be there. And, you know, if it wasn't for him getting me Mm -hmm. into the university after four high schools and, like, having a horrible academic track record, I would Mm -hmm. not have been able to get into higher ed and get my degree and continue on my educational career. But, like, you know, something that both of them saw in me, you know, Mm -hmm. really gave me, like, the foundation I needed to, you know, try to build a life for myself. So. There've been folks, and then there's like some cats who come in episodically here and there who like cheer yeah. you when you act like a knucklehead, and like yep. you never know, you never know the impact they make on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's a lot, of folks,
1: man. I I hear you. I think um, that's why I said it's it's a lot of other Mount Rushmores, Black yeah. Mount Rushmores that I have. I appreciate that framing um, I I got to brother. That's how I that's how I keep my my headspace correct because I'm, I'm allowed to build things like that for myself and say, okay, these are the black men that are here for me. Yeah. What can I take from them? And then when I move past this first one that I've, that I still run back to ask questions for, they're the ones that are pushing me forward and y'all are more of the brothers that are holding doors open for me. Yeah. Um, when I say holding doors, that means you've been through all the things that you've been through. And now you got to turn around and say, hey, Octavius, I hear you, but <laughs> you might want to go this way because I haven't been down this road before. Um, but I can't hold your hand going through this door. <laughs> um, and I think that's one thing that I that I admire about all the black men that I've connected with. Um, they're not big on holding, holding, holding hands. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> they're more about go ahead. If you need to come back, I'm right here. It's more of like a Mr. Miyagi kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be here. Well, but
0: I, I will say, yo, that it evolves, right? So yeah. you know, the homies I grew up with and I think like none of us had dads, yo. So we were the mm-hmm. support for each other, right? Yeah. And like they became like my brothers and fam, mm-hmm. and that that's that's for life. Yeah. And in college, you know, I got the homies I came in with, and we are still connected. And, mm-hmm. you know, we cut up a lot together and, you know, <laughs> some of us didn't, didn't make it through the, the university, but still did all right in life, right? And yeah. like, they're, they're always going to be there. Uh, again, I pledged. And mm-hmm. I would say probably, like, those are the cats. Like, again, you know, most of us, again, didn't have dads in our lives, first generation college students, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and pushed you to graduate, pursue a higher degree, like, we all kind of, like, were on a trajectory of, like, you know, finding our wives and getting married and having kids and, like, you know, you know, trying to, like, build good lives for ourselves in support mm-hmm. of each other, who would celebrate you and push you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and through that, the cast am Naming, like, we name that we love each other, yo, you know
1: what mm-hmm. I'm saying?
0: And it was kind of pushing you, like, yo, get it together but it is kind of full circle when there's like this embrace that yeah. is happening. And I see like a couple of the old heads in the frat, like tear up, like these like super macho cats, like get all reminiscent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now they got some gray hair and <laughs> it's interesting how it comes full circle though. So mm-hmm. I think, I, you know, you might, you might experience that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I know I do want to, I know I gave you a lot of titles in the beginning. I say father, mm-hmm. husband, health and equity advocate, Um, but how do you represent yourself? I know we talked about the different hats that you wear. Um, How do you represent Dwayne Wharton as a whole when it comes down to being a father, being a husband, and then also being a professional? Because as a black man, those things kind of like come closer and closer together as um, you become a better father, a better husband, and also a better professional. Yeah. Yeah
0: ah, man, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's funny, when people put titles on you and those kind of expectations, Mm -hmm. like, I've always been kind of leery on that. And I think that's... One of the things I got to get over for myself is, like, this... Well, there's a recognition that I am, like, flawed, you know? You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. being able to kind of see it in real time sometimes is tough. So, you know, as a husband as a father like just imagine like if somebody was like walking around filming you and you got to replay how you showed up at that time and like it's cringeworthy sometimes right like as Mm -hmm. a young man and like how i showed up as a father as a husband so i'm a work in progress bro and Mm. i don't i don't think i'll ever completely be fully formed you know what i'm saying yeah i just try and, you know, just going to keep trying. Um, yeah. My girls now are 22 and 21 and both about to graduate December and May from okay. Howard. And okay. they're dope. And they themselves are still trying to figure it out, yo. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And, and even for my nephew who just graduated from Westchester and, you mm-hmm. know, my nephews and nieces who still haven't quite figured it out. And they look at you. And they think that you have figured it out. Like, nah, dude. No. Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep moving forward, you know? Like, yeah. And you know, there we are never fully formed. Like, I didn't show up like this because if you if you mm-hmm. if you only understood like there are going to be struggles, but you know, how do you pick yourself up from that and mm-hmm. keep it moving? And how do you yeah. allow people to help get you up and keep it moving? Like, that's what's key. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know, like title and how I describe myself. I don't know. I I would just say a work in progress,
1: bro. Well, one, I want to say thank you for saying that because that's key as well. Because I feel like black men, I feel like everybody, but mainly me being as a black man, we're a continued work in progress. And I'm glad that you said if you had a camera on yourself every single day, not like vlogging, not like Mm -hmm. for YouTube, but an actual camera that you were able to. Let me rewind the tape and see how I did today (laughs) as a black man and say, okay, I am flawed. I am a work in progress. There are some things that I am successful at. Um, But when I look at myself, because that's the person I got to look at every day, go to sleep every day. Um, When I lay down, did I do a good job for me in my eyes? Did I do a good job? And I want to say first, thank you for saying out loud. I do not know because it's key for me to hear as a black man and say, you know what? I don't have to have everything figured out right now. Even before, when I was younger, I was thinking, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I should do this. Yeah. No, you need to take your time, have faith in God and move forward. And if you mess up, you mess up. Yeah. Um, and when you said you're a work in progress, I think that you, you kind of answered this question, but I think when I asked about, expectations and societal expectations and how you overcame them I can just have you I can just hear you saying I'm a work in progress like I'm still (laughs) overcoming some expectations but I do want to ask the question of you have expectations for yourself Um, what are they like (laughs) as far as those expectations and I know you kind of shy away from societal expectations and not worry about the outside world, because I I told you, I I observe you, and I think you may have internal expectations. Um, What are they, if you have any?
0: Ah, Great question, yo.
1: Um,
0: What are my internal expectations? Um, I think I'm a reflective person, and also, as we're talking about this, I'm like, I don't know if I have to have that answer. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, it's just funny. Like, I don't make, like, I don't make New Year's resolutions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have mm-hmm. things that I want to do. Um, yeah. I have interests that I'm pursuing. But I don't I feel the pressure, again, to, like, get it right and have it figured it out. So, again, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a hard question for me. Um, okay. You know, I left my twenty plus year career in like the nonprofit space because it was time, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't make a rash decision to do that. I started planting the seeds, even though I didn't even know I was planting the seeds like years prior to that. And five years prior to that, I was getting ready for this. So like everything I'm doing is building towards something else, but I'm not quite sure what that is yet. So, you know, being a person who is now, paid to help other people on their journeys. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's oftentimes like this notion around like you're an expert in this space. And I'm like, dude, I I will always shy away from that title. Yeah, Like you are the expert of your own experiences. So the only thing that I really have expertise in is like really having these, um, I would say this view of how the world should be. And whatever I'm doing hopefully is in pursuit of that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, historically there's lots of us who have been left out of opportunities. How do we make them whole, you know? How do we fight against like, you know, this fascism that's happening Mm -hmm. across the globe, not even just in our communities in this country, but this authoritarian like dictator kind of approach to like people's lives in ways that are only self-serving and continue to perpetuate these same inequities. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm really trying to figure that piece out. Um, Being able to, like, have an experience in the Peace Corps where I showed up, right? And I was in Mozambique. I was with my new wife. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was there, I had a bit of a romanticized vision of what I wanted to experience. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of, like is a bit self-fulfilling in that way because i was looking for the joy and looking for the Mm -hmm. connection so when i met my my school uh you know head who when we showed up was like you know you you know mr wharton you know owe me i'm like "I Mm. I, i just met you he's like long ago they took my sister from my country you have married her and have not given me a dowry. So you owe me. Mm. And I was like, damn, like that, that that like hit me deeply. I was like, okay, so this brother like recognizes the history of yeah. you know, the African American slave experience.
1: He yeah. kind of
0: recognized that I was like, you know, seeking that somehow. And I I was moved, you know what I'm saying? So we've mm-hmm. like stayed connected in that way with like great appreciation. But when I was, like, rolling through Zimbabwe and they were, like, kicking white farmers off the land and, you know, I was like, that's right. Like, you know, Africa for the Africans. And I still believe mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm in a taxi. He's like, dude, I'm not a farmer. Like, we don't even have food in our country right now. He's like, yeah. you know, they gave the farmland to all the generals and, like, all the wealthy folks who are not growing land on it. They're this hoarding it. I'm like, damn, I'm just going to be quiet, yo. I'm just going to learn. I'm going to listen. I'm going to learn. And I think I've tried to take that along with me of like listening, learning, uh, trying to be a sponge, be observant. Mm -hmm. And when I can speak up on something, I will. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, I don't have the answers. I'm just trying to like apply what I've learned and give you some of the, you know, this is the history of it. This is where the opportunities might be based on what we've seen. And like, how do we help you get there? You know and, mm-hmm. and 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 for me like i don't have a final destination it all looks different who
1: knows yeah i do i do want to ask you um based on the experiences that you've had um and what you just shared yeah. you've seen a lot and you've also seen the world as far as how they view black men yeah. um they view us in a, in a very unique light <laughs> and i think this question, this next question, um, can like bring that out. Hopefully. How do you want society to perceive black men? Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so two quick stories, right? So yeah, when I showed up in Mozambique,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a host family that okay. you, know, you stay with during your, you know, kind of like, you know, three month orientation and, mm-hmm. You know, we showed up and they were like, oh, y'all all right. <laughs> you know, like, what does that even mean? It's like, well, when we heard that the black Americans were part of this group, we didn't want them to stay with us because y'all are so violent. I'm like, mm. Word, you know, it's like, yeah, we saw Boys in the Hood. I was like, okay. And then all they right. got over that. It was like, oh, so do you know Oprah? Like, do you know Jordan? I'm just like, so lots of times there's this like they they uh the people that i had encountered like really Mm -hmm. thought that there was this like exceptionalism to like all black americans like we all got it made Mm -hmm. here or that we were like all living in poverty and super violent and had those hot lights so there was like these stereotypes that the media has you know portrayed of us really do have an impact on how the world sees us, and I would even say how we see ourselves.
1: Mm. In mm-hmm.
0: Spain, I'm there with like a bunch of black men, right? And yeah, we got school like where we went into like a restaurant or spoke to someone. They're like, "Yo, on the real, like keep your head on a swivel." He's like, "The way that you have your bag sitting here, nah, bro, move it between your legs." They're like, "Get your phone mm-hmm. off the table, like you're gonna get got." Yeah. I'm like, "Where?" Yeah. He's yep. like, yo, yep. it's crazy out here. i like, totally so the, same
1: the, thing. the way
0: that we talk, like, <laughs> for me, I'm like, yo, gun violence is crazy in the city. And for them, they're like, yo, like, the theft is crazy in the city. Like, it's everywhere, right? And, like, people yep. are hyper-vigilant about it. So we're walking down a street. We get stopped by these two men who were of descent, And they were, mm-hmm. like, from, they said they were from Liverpool. Yeah, They were touring in Barcelona. And they were like, um... Y'all like black Americans? He's like, Yeah. He's like, How are you? You know, you having a good time, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yo, can you can you take a photo for us? And like gave us their phone. We're like, Word? And they're like, yeah, you know, things are kind of gully out here. And we think y'all are probably the only people we can really trust. And I was like, yeah. damn. Because there weren't many black people anywhere in Spain. You definitely didn't see any around. So like of all these people, like hundreds of people everywhere, you know, the three black men are the ones that you trust. Like that's crazy, right? It just blew my mind a little bit, yo. So, you know, how I want to be perceived is just like, you know, as a human being first, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This notion of exceptionalism, we just talked about how special black men are. Like, yeah, yo, recognize. Like, I want the world to recognize, like, yo, black men are dope as hell.
1: You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying?
0: And I definitely, you know, how do we overcome these stereotypes that have been placed upon us, but that we continue to perpetuate as well? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, that being said, I'm just going to show up as how I show up. So, you know what I'm saying? If I'm rocking out to hip-hop or if I'm going to, like, rock out to some Bob Dylan, let me be. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
1: Let me be. All of it is dope. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. For me, I had the same experience in Spain. Um, I went to Barcelona for three and a half months, study sure. abroad. Wow! And um <laughs> I had a conversation. <laughs> I was the only black guy, black person in my group, mm-hmm. and they were talking about Las Ramblas and telling us, "Yeah, you can't have stuff out. You can't. Once they shoot things up in the air, don't look up because <laughs> they're going to go in your pockets. They're going to go no in, in your bag. No doubt." No. <laughs> and And I told them, I said, so I'm trained in martial arts, two styles. And I told them, I said, "Um, I'm by myself most of the time. (laughs) And are we able to defend ourselves when it comes down to it? Mm -hmm. And they kind of looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, if something happens Mm -hmm. and you're not around or you're not with me, am I able to defend myself and can I call you? Yeah. I said, because I can't call my mother. <laughs> I can't call my instructor. I can't call. I have to defend myself because I have to get back home. And they kind of looked at me and said, well, if something happens, we don't really know. This has never happened before. I said, there's also no one has ever asked you that question. <laughs> no one has asked you that question. I think, um, well, even when you talked about boys in the hood, do you know Oprah? Do you know Michael Jordan? I'll, Uh, we went to Morocco and again, I was the only black man. They said, Hey, Barack Obama. And they were like waving at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I'm not, I'm not Barack, (laughs) but looking. And even when you, when you explained um, how, like we're perpetuating those stereotypes, like based on your experiences, based on you being a black man, and working with black men, what's one thing black males can do to grow together? Like just mm. like build and and understand each other and love each other.
0: Mm. Well, I'm going to take my hat off to you, bro. Like, because you are creating that space for us to have these conversations. So mm. like if anyone's listening to this and it something has resonated with them and you take that with you, you know and even like for me like this is a, an opportunity for me to like be reflective as well and think yeah. about like you know how am i showing up for my old heads but also for my young boys and what does that mm-hmm. look like as well and you know i always talk about this notion of intentionality so mm-hmm. you know if i haven't reached out and be like oh man because we we get busy and, yeah. you know, you, and I, I'm going to say this, even for you guys, because we've been trying to have this conversation for a few months, right? Yeah. At least a few months. Um, and life happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we aren't being intentional about making that space for each other, and I'm going to say that for me, like, because I, I am, like, on this journey to, like, have experiences. It's funny because I'm getting older now, right? I'm 53. And I'm mm. thinking about like and my homie says, like, we got we got twelve good summers left. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, <laughs> like I don't know what that's about. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm definitely like, you know, forward thinking about like who I wanna be, the experiences I wanna have, the future mm-hmm. I wanna build. But if I'm mm-hmm. not slowing down to bring everybody along with me and you know, that's, that's going to be a, a huge problem. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like even for us, because, you know, life happens and it wasn't yeah. because of any like lack of interest in connecting. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. how we are situated from time to time. Yeah, But that's not an excuse. Like we have to be intentional about creating the spaces and the opportunities to connect with each other Express what we're doing right now um,
1: mm-hmm. to build each other up. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. Okay, and I think that's that's one thing that's 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 always on my mind because I want. I don't really care about how society looks at me, yes. <laughs> but I'm more aware of changing the narrative and changing the perception of black men. Yeah, and I think with this podcast and even the title of the podcast, Middle Brother, it's. I think you've seen me do this in multiple occasions. Um, I am also, um, I'm not a middle child, but I am the middle child when it comes to my core family group. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm also the boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So me trying to like hold on to the older generation and say, I hear you. I pay attention to you. I listen to you, to all the teachings that you give me. But then I'm listening to the younger generation say, I hear y'all. But I got somebody that you can connect with later on that may be able to help you. Yeah. But then it's also I have to translate <laughs> yeah. from each generation to the next, and it's like information yeah. is passed through me. Yeah. That's and I'm right. like, I I can't be a gatekeeper. I have to give this All information right. out. That's right. And I also have to build those bridges as well. And I think that's one thing that's very hard for for me. I'm gonna just be open and honest. Yeah. Um, it is hard, but I said to myself. Who else is going to do it if it's not me? If I feel like I have a calling to create this bridge or create this connection, Mm -hmm. why not do it? Um, Because I have a network of black men that's phenomenal. I'm going to just be out there, but it's also that network of black men. We keep each other accountable. We check in and we love each other. And I think when we embody that and we show everybody, I think that it resonates with younger individuals. It also resonates with those that are, Older, like you said, previous, you have some brothers that are macho, but they cry. Yeah. And I think that's key. Um, but I, I do want to before we end, I do want to ask you, um, I want to elevate you. I want you to express some things as far as what you got going on. As a, I know you said you got daughters that are about to graduate. Yeah. I know you said you're, you're in the space of consulting. So anything that you got going on family wise, professionally, yeah. or even just in your own journey of Dwayne Wharton. I'm here to elevate you now, brother.
0: Appreciate that. You know, like this entrepreneurial journey is real. Uh, Someone told me like, you know, you, you eat what you kill. Like, so the hunt Mm. is on. I've been fortunate. Like I said, like, you know, the work that I've done over the years, locally, across the country, nationally, and even globally has really like afforded me lots of, relationships and, you know, those mm-hmm. op- those opportunities are really showing up now through those relationships. And also now that it's three plus years old, the good work is speaking for itself and we continue yeah. to learn and grow and build, you know, um, the team I'm working with is funny because, you know, I've, I've had a few brothers that have come through, um, but it's mostly been a lot of women, to be honest. So I like, yeah. It's a problem. Like, what does that say? You know, so I would okay. like to see more of us in that space and, you know, how to create opportunities for, you know, other Black men who mm-hmm. are interested in kind of leading these conversations because that voice really isn't there in really prominent ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, this consulting work is is really keeping me busy. So I'm not okay. as involved in the civic stuff as I was Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm largely, you know, here kind of grinding. And also when I'm not here, I'm kind of in the room, like grinding Mm -hmm. as well. And I'm taking these breaks to like refuel myself as well. Um, But for folks who are kind of interested, like, yeah, just strategies, you know, we are doing workshops around racial equity, uh, trying to help organizations through our assessment work. You know, understand Mm -hmm. how people are experiencing them, where the opportunities might be for them to like really close the gap that exists around the people that they're serving, as well as like even the black and brown folks who are in those organizations doing the serving. Um, You could be like a great person, great mission driven organization, and still do harm to the Mm -hmm. people you're supposed to be serving, as well as to the people doing the work. So, like, we're trying to help people understand that and really kind of move through that. Um, besides that, yo, you know, I'm just looking for opportunities to connect in more ways like this. You know, yeah. I will say the big thing that we've connected on is around policies. Yeah. And when I started this organization, it was right before the pandemic and mm-hmm. the focus really was, and right before kind of the 2020 racial reckoning, that yeah. kind of blew up and now the air is kind of deflating out of that um, mm-hmm. for lots of, you know, folks. Um, but it really was around trying to support community advocacy, how to help yeah. people understand that, like, the the conditions in which you are living aren't by accident. And it's typically not just you experiencing it. It's like mm-hmm. largely like a, a result of the system and a systemic and you can translate that issue into a policy opportunity. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, then we need to figure out how to advocate and get what you need done so that that issue can be addressed. And that's the big thing that I do want to move into in the future. So for folks who are trying to think about like how to you know deal with everything from like you know climate justice to mm-hmm. violence in the city, to like school funding, like all these things affect our lives every single day. And again, lots of times we think these things are unique to us, but they're not. So for people yeah. who you want to build and work together and try to figure out how we can all get through this, you know, I think I would love to, to be connected to them.
1: Okay. Well, brother, I want to say thank you for joining and being a dynamic individual um, that I can call on and vice versa. You can call on me at any moment. At any time, um, I want to say also want to say thank you for being a black man that I can look to a black man that I can, you know, take those mental pictures of at each moment to say, oh, he's great. He's awesome. But then it's also, yes, he is flawed. Yes, he is um, still improving. I think that's one thing that um, that I love to pay attention to is the black men that are still improving and that are OK with improving. Um so, again, I want to say thank you for joining. I want to say thank you to those that are listening, um, because this is another dynamic brother, another dope brother that we had on the podcast. And um, I got some things to plug, too. I'm not going to hold you. I got some things nah. to plug as well. Well, I want to plug you um, really quickly, yo. And then I want to okay. hear about the things you're plugging.
0: But like, <laughs> okay. like giving you your flowers in like real time, yeah. because yo, know, you have always shown up in a really authentic way. So the things that you were talking about on this podcast, but just how you live your life and yeah. the way that you are like right now building me up, like mm-hmm. you do that to everybody and you do it all the time. It's just who you are, man. So mm-hmm. I just really appreciate you. I love you. I respect you, you too. I'm learning from you, man. Like I, yeah. I do. And you know, I know like being a new husband and mm-hmm. again, being a, an amazing son, like, you know, you, you are a model for, like, many people. And I don't know if you know that, but, you know, a, a lot of us are paying attention to, like, how you continue to show up. It's just, you know, who you are. So Octavius, like, really, really just appreciate you, brother.
1: Thank you, brother. Hey, you try to make me cry on this joint, bro. It's <laughs> real, though. It's real. <laughs> no, I, I want to thank you for that because um, black men to uh, black man to black man, we don't hear that a lot. Um especially from one another. Just that that love factor, Um, we don't hear that. So I want to say thank you. Um, And I do, like, again, you said you're ready to plug some things. I am also ready to do the same thing. Let's hear it. So I know there are some things that, obviously, um, what you see on my shirt right now is to celebrate, empower, and inspire black boys. Mm -hmm. Um, Brother Dwayne Warden did um, buy some things, from buy some merch from the OB shop. Um, He bought a more collaboration, less competition shirt. Um, That will be linked in the description below Um, as well as my website. I have a website, OctaviusBlount.com. I changed it from UrbanThinkerMedia.com to OctaviusBlount.com just to give y'all full range of who I am. Um, Like he said, I am a son. I am a new husband. We're picking up on one year in September. Um, It went by fast. Um, Again, um, yes, I'm a son. I'm a husband. Um, I am an advocate for black men and boys in all kinds of ways. Um, but I'm also a fighter when it comes down to, um, I'm a, a fighter for love. Um, I'm a fighter for respect of all. Um, and I'm a fighter for this world that we live in, um, that we can just come together and just love each other. Um, so before we end, I do want to say, we w- I do want to see you all next time with another dope brother here on the Middle Brother Podcast. Peace.